الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين استفى اما بعد وصلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وحبيب ربنا محمد عبده ورسوله اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد جئتمونا فرادا كما خلقناكم اول مره سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم خلاص فاتح السجن قران ولقد جئتم that what all of you each and every one of you jittumuna will come to us yani allah subhanahu wa ta'ala furada singly alone one on one you will have to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment each and every person kama khalaqnakum awwala marra in exactly the same way allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us originally from both birth and death and the day of judgment a person will be furada in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when a baby is born outwardly it appears that there are other people around the mother is there the doctor is there the nurses is there but when the baby is born and opens its eyes it feels all alone in this world why because there's a ruh inside that baby and that ruh was existing for unknown billions of years allah ta'ala mentions in quran this moment when he called all the arwah alastu birabbikum qalu bala that am i not your rub they affirmed yes allah ta'ala you are our rub and for billions of years that ruh was existing purely with allah ta'ala being its rub we don't know anything else about the existence of the ruh at that time the only thing we know from the entire quran is one thing that that ruh knew allah ta'ala was its rub that was its existence and then enters into this world and it feels itself to be alone although it's surrounded by other people because it's been plucked from this world of just the spirit realm and entered into the dunya this worldly realm then when a person dies again outwardly it might appear that there are people around them their friends their families reciting kalima to them but the reality is that when death and the angel of death comes what that person goes through nobody around them can understand and they feel entirely alone when they are going to undertake that journey of death and then here on the day of judgment allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in quran walaqad jittumuna that each and every one of you will come to allah taala in his might and his majesty and you will come for all the singly one by one so every stage in life is peppered by a person being alone alone in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so what we are going to do tonight is talk about in this world how to practice being alone how to practice being alone and if we could become better when we're alone then we will be more prepared for that death that will come upon us when we're alone and we will be more prepared to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment when he will call us to him alone now in another ayah nabi allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam qul inma a'idukum bi wahida that proclaim to them nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam that i counsel you i admonish you i advise you bi wahidatin to do one thing 
one thing. One thing. And what is that? Antakumu lillahi masna wa farada. That you should stand firm on the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Masna in pairs wa farada singly. And what does this mean? This means that in our deen, on the one hand, we need support. We can't do deen alone. وَتَوَاسُوا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاسُوا بِالصَّبْرِ Like Nabi Akram said, الدِّينُ النَّسِيحَةِ But even though we might come to deen on support through dawah, through ilm, through a shaykh, through good company, through a friend, but ultimately we have to then become so strong in deen وَفُرَادَ that we can stand on our own on deen. If Allah Ta'ala removes us from any support, if Allah Ta'ala takes us out from any company, if you return back from Umrah Hajj, if the month of Ramadan passes, for rather you have to be able to stand alone on your deen. You have to be internally so strong on your deen. Then Allah Ta'ala continues, ثُمَّ min jinna." Then reflect that you're sahib. Now this is a beautiful ayah, because this is where Allah Ta'ala in Quran calls Sayyidina Rasulullah our sahib. Otherwise, the Sahaba were called Sahaba to Rasul. Here, Allah Ta'ala is calling Nabi Akareem Sallallahu the Sahib of the Sahaba. So then, reflect then that your Sahib, Yani Nabi Akareem Sallallahu doesn't have jinnah, he is not majnoon. He does not speak from any craze. He does not speak from any folly. In huwa illa nadirun lakum. Indeed, he is but a warner to you. Bayna yaday azabin shadeed. And you are on the brink and on the verge of facing a tremendous punishment. So to stand in pairs and to stand singly. To stand in pairs, to stand singly. And then after standing singly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do fikr. Tafakkur, reflection. So what used to happen when a believer would be alone, that's called khalwa. When they were alone, they would remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they were alone, that time alone would bring them closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now what happens when people are alone? When they're alone, they go away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they're alone, instead of having thoughts about Allah ta'ala, sometimes people, when they're alone, they have doubts. They have waswasa. They have whisperings. They have stirrings of their nafs. All of these things happen when they're alone. So the big difference between us and muttaqeen, salihin, mu'mineen, is how we feel and how we act when we're alone. Now, if when we were alone, we had been firm on deen, if when we are alone, we had done tafakkur, fikr on Allah Ta'ala, on our deen, then instead of having these doubts and, and wasawis, we would have come closer to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Then every night we're alone, every hour alone, every moment we're alone, would all be coming closer to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Now understand, I'm not saying in any way that a person should be alone all the time. Allah Ta'ala has created us in a way like they say in English, man is a social animal. It does create us in such a way that we need to interact. So understand that being alone is something, and being lonely is something else. Being alone is something, being lonely is something else. And these two don't necessarily have to be the same. So now let's look at this. What does it mean to be alone? Alone means you won't have company. Alright? So before we do that, there was two options other than being alone. You could have had good company or you could have had bad company. So the Arabs used to have a saying that being in good company is better than being alone and being alone is better than being in bad company. Being in good company is better than being alone and being alone is better than bad company. 
So to whatever extent we can find good company, we should not want to be alone. We should spend time in the masjid, spend time with ulama, with sulaha, with friends on deen, spend time with refugees, spend time with poor. You know this verse, kunu ma sadiqeen, it cannot only be used for shaykh. Some of the truest people in the world are the poor people. And this is one big sohbah that people today don't have. And I'll be honest, I only got this as a secondary side benefit. I got this when I stayed in the madrasas in Pakistan. I didn't go there to, for sohbah of the poor. My niyat was to study ill. But what I got for four years was sohbah of the poor people. And that is a sohbah that is such a true sohbah. That is a company, a companionship. That is such a pure companionship. And these days, so many of us, even in Pakistan and India, let alone living in Western countries, we don't have sohbah with the poor. And that is also a very good sohbah. And I was up north a few days ago and I met a Syrian refugee. And you know, I, because living in Pakistan, we don't, you know, I wish they would come. And I was even teasing him that will you come to Pakistan? He said, no. Right? Huh? But I realized and I totally forget these things. I forget whatever current events. But you must have quite a few of them over here. Right? So, sohbah with the refugee. Sohbah with the poor. Sohbah with the yatim. Sohbah for the women. Sohbah with the widow. This is an important type of soma. This is also good company. Don't think good company is only with the sheikh and the alim. So being in com- good company is better than being alone. And I can tell you, and a couple of our friends were there, were sitting here. I just sat with them for a few minutes afterwards. I just sat with them, just to be in a soma. I was actually so embarrassed, I really couldn't think of much to say to him. Right? I just sat with him, just to be in a soma. All right. So being in good company is better than being alone and being alone is better than being in bad company. Alright? The second option was, okay, let's say a person adopts for bad company. When you adopt bad company, your ruh feels lonely. Your ruh feels lonely because your ruh didn't want this. Your ruh knows it wasn't created for this place of sin, this environment of sin, these acts of sin, these people of sin. Your ruh becomes lonely. And the ruh starts crying and longing for its own ghiza, its nourishment, its ibadah, taqwa, salah, haya. So you make your ruh lonely every time you're with bad company. Alright? And the other thing that obviously we were going to talk about is being alone. Alright? means you don't have any company. No company. That means being alone. Now the question is, with what niyyah are you alone? Why are you alone? So the first thing is sometimes a person just happens to find himself alone. It wasn't a conscious decision. In this case, yes, you might feel lonely. This is that case that you find yourself to be alone. You might feel lonely. Human beings have emotional needs. And this type of loneliness can happen to anyone. Man, woman, young, old, religious, not so religious. This type of loneliness can happen to anyone. All right? And this is a problem. You know, just like if sometimes we have a child in a school and we notice they keep to themselves... And we call this antisocial behavior of the child's being alone. So it's actually not healthy to be alone for no reason whatsoever. Alright? And this type of being alone, yes, can make a person lonely. There's a second reason a person is alone. Allahu Akbar. And this is a very bad reason. They're alone because they want to be alone with their nafs. They're alone because they want to be alone to sin. This is why they choose to be alone. It's not accidental. This is deliberately being alone. So one can sin secretly, so one can sin privately. This is the worst kind of being alone. 
the worst kind of being alone. At that moment, the person might think that they're not lonely because they're alone and doing whatever sin or disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this type of being alone leads not just to loneliness, it leads to depression and self-destructive behavior if a person's a mu'min. And the more they sin when they're alone, the more they become depressed. The more they sin when they're alone, the more they become deluded. They become outright deluded because of the sins that they do when they're alone, when they're in khadwa. So you never want to be alone with your nafs. It's the worst kind of being alone. Then there's a third way of being alone. Third way of being alone. Allah Akbar. That a person decides to be alone for the sake of Allah. A person decides to be alone with Allah. This is what's called khalwa in our early tradition. To adopt solitude to do worship. To adopt solitude to have reflection. To adopt solitude and study ilm. To adopt solitude for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-khalwa wal khalwa fillah. Hmm? Solitude and being alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This gives a person ma'rifah. This gives a person deep knowledge of Allah Ta'ala. Qur brings them near to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And this is the best way of being alone. And this should be the only way that we're alone. And this is how we should have been every time we're alone. Now reflect on us. Everyone reflect on your own self. Roughly speaking, how many hours a day, or how many hours a week, or how many hours in our life have we been alone? And how many of those times did we take that solitude and make it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Make it in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make it on the musalla in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where we're failing. And we're failing really badly in this. Now, I know I accept. It's a big ghanima. It's a, it's a great blessing even. That alhamdulillah people come to masjid. People sit in masjid. People go on dawah. People sit with masjid. People sit with ulama. But I'm just telling you. Think about the next step. Dare to dream. Have aspirations. Realize it's not enough. Because that's what Nabi Karim said, you have to stand matna wa furada. Yes, you will stand in pairs, and you will have that, and you will need that good company, pious company to be strong in deen. But ultimately, wa furada, you have to be strong enough on deen to stand alone. To stand alone. So the best way to do that is to practice that whenever we are alone. And then there's a last way of being alone. Last way of being alone. This one was what? That being alone yourself, choosing to be alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last way, Allah Akbar, the last way is that Allah ta'ala wants you to be alone. That Allah ta'ala makes you alone. That Allah ta'ala makes you alone for Himself. This is another way of being alone. This is another way of being alone. Now when this happens to a person, sometimes they don't understand. So there are two possibilities. Either they can reject this, they reject it and they feel sad and they feel depressed and lonely and all those things will come back. Or they have what we call taslim and tafweez. They accept it. They submit to it. And say, okay, if, you want me be, if you want me to be alone, I accept there must be some khair in it. And I embrace it and I make this period of being alone. I do it in your name and for your sake. I do it in your name and for your sake. Alright? This is the way. So loneliness only happens, loneliness only happens when you were alone for no reason or you were alone for the sake of your nafs or sin. Loneliness doesn't happen in the other ways of being alone, that you were alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept you alone for 
his own self. Now what is that quality that will make a person when they're alone? Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is called zikr. That is basically really the meaning of zikr. That's the test of zikr. Now we may do many different adhkar, many different mamulat, many different duas. But all of that is so that we achieve a state and a feeling of remembrance in our heart. The way you will check that is when you're alone, do you remember Allah subhanahu wa When you're alone, do you remember Allah subhanahu wa And this is things Allah ta'ala mentioned in the Quran. فَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ Allah Ta'ala is with you wherever you are, whenever you are, in whatever state and condition you are. Do you remember his mayat, his presence and his companionship with you when you were alone? That means your zikr is working. That means you actually have arrived at zikr. The ability to remember Allah Ta'ala when a person is alone. And that's what Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Ya Allah zikran kathira. Keep remembering Allah Ta'ala, keep remembering Allah Ta'ala, keep remembering Allah Ta'ala. So that when you're alone, you only remember Him. When you're alone, you only remember Him, you will never ever feel lonely again. You will never ever feel lonely again. Alright? So this is the benefit of doing the zikr of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Another way you can understand is when a person is alone. When a person is alone, they're alone with their thoughts and they're alone with their feelings. They're alone with their mind and they're alone with their heart. When they're alone, their thoughts become their companion and their feelings become their companion. If they had filled their mind with thoughts about Allah subhanahu ta'ala, if they had filled their mind with the knowledge of Qur'an al Karim, if they had filled their mind with the knowledge of the Sunnah and Sirah, then when they're alone, these are the thoughts they will have. And if they filled their hearts with feelings for Allah subhanahu ta'ala, when they're alone, they would have feelings for Allah subhanahu ta'ala then it would be natural, naturally easy to turn to Allah Ta'ala when alone, when your thoughts and feelings are for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And if your thoughts and feelings are for something else, if your thoughts and feelings are for someone else, then when you're alone, it's very hard to be alone for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Then even there's some people, that when they're alone, they just simply sit and they stare. They literally just stare out the window. They watch the traffic go by. Now what is it? They're thinking something. They're remembering something. They're longing for something. They're feeling something. They can spend hours like that. They say, I stared at the wall. I stared at the ceiling. I lay awake at night. I looked out the window. I spent my afternoon like this. That's so sad. That your heart was so empty and your mind was so empty of the feelings and thoughts of Allah Subhanahu that when you're alone, Allah Ta'ala did not even occur to you. You spent hours alone and Allah Subhanahu did not even occur to you. So anybody, any one of us who feels this, right? This means that this is why we have to learn how to remember Allah Ta'ala, to fear Allah Ta'ala, to love Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, so that when we're alone, we're alone for Him. You know when Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, that you know, you ask fatwa, means you ask your heart. What did he mean by that? He didn't mean like legal opinion, that you ask your heart some legal fatwa. He meant you ask your heart, your conscience, Whatever you're about to do, is it something that Allah Ta'ala wants me to do? Is it something Allah Ta'ala will be happy me to do? Right? And this can only be done when a person's heart has feelings for Allah Ta'ala. Now I will show you that there are many, many stories from the Quran and the Sunnah of many Anbiya, Sahaba, Ikram, how they spent their time alone. The Sunnah way to be alone, the way the Anbiya were alone, 
the way the Sahaba were alone, the way the ulama and awliya were alone. And you will see that they were alone, but they weren't lonely. They were alone, but they weren't lonely. All right? And you can use this understanding in modern times. You know, people say that, you know, I need uh, time with the kids, or I need family time. And then they came up with this concept, and I need me time. This me time means that when you're alone, you engage in whatever ghafla you want, and you indulge yourself, and that's called me time. So actually, Allah Ta'ala sometimes puts a person alone because he says, I want me time. Hmm? I want you to be alone for me. I want you to be alone with me. I want you to spend your time alone remembering me. So now let's look at some of these examples. First example, obviously being alone, is Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam going to the cave in Mount Hera and being alone. So consciously being alone. Choosing to be alone. Choosing to be alone. And I was reading a few months ago in one work of Sira that sometimes Nabi Kareem Sallallahu would go there for days and he would take provisions with him and he would just stay there for days. And then when the provisions would run out, then he would go back and he would earn something and he would trade and then he would earn some more and then he would go back again. He constantly wanted to be alone, wanting to remain alone. Now what was that? We don't know for sure, right? But we know ultimately that was the occasion which Allah Ta'ala chose to do the Hur and Nabuwa. You need to manifest the Nur of Nabuwa by sending Angel Jibreel with the first revelation, Iqra. So Nabi Kareem Sallallahu was alone. Why? Why? Because Allah Ta'ala strengthens a person. Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala strengthens a person when they're alone for his sake, when they're alone in his remembrance. And if you think about it even generally, Naturally speaking, you know, Makkah Makarma was in a desert, right? And if you ever travel a little bit in the desert, you have this feeling of being alone, right? So then I would imagine that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi imagine how alone he wanted to be. Because he left the desert, which is not some, you know, urban area, and he climbed up into a cave in the mountain. So this is an incredible amount of khalwa. It's like a seclusion that Sayyidina Rasulullah wanted to have. Then there's another type of being alone. That when Nabi Akhanim went to Taif, in some riwayat there's mention of a Sahabi who went with the Prophet But mostly the feeling you get on that trip, because it wasn't a famous or well-known Sahabi, basically Nabi Akhanim went alone. Because he was feeling alone. In Makkah Makarama, the people were not responding. So many people were rejecting him. So he thought, that, okay, if I go to Taif, so I had some nisbat ta'luk there that my wet nursing mother, Yani Halima Saadi Ritana, was from Taif, and I spent my baby years in Taif. Maybe the people there will honor this nisbah, and they will accept iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I will do dawah on them, and call them to the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as you all know, when Nabi Akram went, you all know what happened. No one accepted iman. And there's some narration on the way back, there was a person who accepted iman, but when he was there, from Ahlul Taif, no one accepted iman. Now what I'm thinking about, because I'll come back to this later, is the walk back. When Nabi Yaqarim Sallallahu walked back from Taif to Makkah Makarma, and I try to imagine that walk back, and the sadness he must have had in his heart, right, and the sorrow that like, insan is not being guided, and the people of Makkah aren't being guided, and all the people of Taif aren't being guided. You know, just imagine the walk back. And then on the way back, Nabi Yaqarim Sallallahu made a very heartfelt and famous dua, which again I will explain a bit later on. But this is another way of being alone, right? 
alone in the mission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alone in the fikr of Allah ta'ala's creation, alone for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alone for the fikr of the work of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? This is something that can happen, this kind of thing, even if people are around. Even if people are around. If you go and ever see, and may Allah ta'ala give him sayah, as a hadi al Wahab sahab and raiwan, you know, there'll be always a few people with him. But sometimes you look at him, he's alone. He's alone. He is having such a deep, flickering concern. He's oblivious to who's in the room around him and what exactly they're talking about and what they're doing. This is another type of being alone. That was a great sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq with Allah ta'ala anhu. So this is what? Alone with the burden for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is then sunnah on hijrah when Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an we're alone in the cave. We're alone in the cave. Idhuma fil ghari. That remember the time when the two of them were in the cave. Id yakulu lisahibi la tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. That when he, yani Nabi Kareem Sassan said to his sahib. Hmm? So you saw earlier ayah, sahib used for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And you see in this ayah, sahib used for Sayyidina Abu Bakr, as-siddiq with Allah ta'ala. And when Nabiya Kareem Sassam said to his companion, La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. That don't worry. Don't worry. Allah Ta'ala is with us. And what does that mean? What was the worry that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq in the head? He had this mission alone to safely escort Nabiya Kareem Sassam to Medina Manawra. And in the early stage of that mission, there were so many enemy scouts that he was scared that he's not going to be able to save the Prophet so we better go into the cave. We better seek refuge in the cave from these enemy scouts. And he was sitting there in the cave and the Prophet was looking at him and could see this huzun, could see the athar, the, 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 the signs of the huzun and the deep concern and worry because he was alone. He had nobody to help him escort the Prophet He had nobody else to defend the Prophet against these enemies. So in that sense, he was alone. He's physically with the Prophet ﷺ, but he's alone in his task. So he told him, in the ma'ana, that no, indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with us. So as soon as Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ said these words to him, فَأَنزَلَ sakinatu alayhi, that Allah ta'ala sent his sakina on Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq with Allah ta'ala. وَأَيَّدَهُ And Allah ta'ala helped him بِجُدًا لَمْ تَرَوْهَا with armies and legions, yani the malaika, the angels, who he wasn't able to see. Means he didn't keep them alone in the task. Allah Ta'ala sent help. So sometimes it happens when you're alone on a mission. Or for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember that Allah Ta'ala is with you and that Allah Ta'ala will send help that you will not be able to see, that you will not be able to perceive. These are the things that happen when a person is alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now look at say the Maryam Radio Ta'ala Anha. Also she was alone. And she has two different major um, phases or moments when she was alone. She was in Khalwa. The first, Madhkurun Fil Kitabi Maryam. That make mention and recall and remember in the scripture, Quran al Karim, the incident of Sayyidah, Maryam Radio Ta'ala. Idhan Tabadat Min Ahliha Makan and Shartiyya. When she withdrew and secluded from her family and she adopted, it literally means a place facing the east because at that time the Qibla in the place she was was facing the east. Alright, now uh, you might remember that what happened to her in this time. So when she was alone for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala used to give her risk 
Right? Allah Ta'ala gave her fruit, off-season, out-of-season fruits. So what does it mean? When you're alone for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala makes the impossible possible. When you're alone for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, and you make your halwa for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, He makes the impossible possible. Okay, then later on, going down a few eyes in the Qur'an, there was a second time she was alone. She had second time she adopted solitude. And that's when she had to give birth to baby Isa alayhi salam. So obviously you all know the rest of the story, so I'm skipping fast forwarding. So when she had to give birth to baby Isa alayhi salam, she was worried that, you know, when I give birth to him, and what are the people going to say in the society? Because, you know, I'm chaste and pure woman. So she decided to adopt another type of khalwa. She decided to go for seclusion. So what does the Fatah say about that? And again, she removed herself, secluded herself to makan and qasiyya. Qasiyya means baid, far removed. In a way away from the populated, settled part of the area. This was her state. She grabbed on the trunk of the date palm tree and said, I wish I had died before this. I wish I was, you know, forgotten and nobody would remember me. I wish I was non-existent. I wish I was non-existent. And just imagine her life before she was so happy to live, before she was making ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before Allah ta'ala was sending her fruit, before Allah ta'ala made the Nabi of the time her wakil and her wali and Nabi Zaypi alayhi salam, and now look at her statement, she's alone. Look at what she's saying. I wish I had passed away before any of this had happened. Khair, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously helped her in that moment. And a caller called out and told her to grab onto the tree and shake it. And you will have dates and there's fresh water running underneath. Alright? But the word that comes, فَنَادَهَا مِنْ تَحْتَهَا أَلَّا تَحْزَنِي Same word. That a caller called out to her from underneath her and said, La tahzani. Don't worry. Same thing. La tahzan. Same thing that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu told Abu Bakr Siddiq Same thing being told here. Allah tahzani. Kajala rabbiki tahtaki sariya. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed a stream and a rivulet uh, running underneath you. Wa huzi ilayki bi jib'in nakhlati tusakit alayki rutuban janiyya. That you will uh, shake the date palm tree to you and then the uh, Dates will fall down from the branches. Alright? So this, all of these incidents was that when Allah Ta'ala keeps a person alone or they make themselves alone for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala strengthens them. Allah Ta'ala strengthens them. Second reason, Allah Ta'ala, second thing that can happen to a person when they're alone for the sake of Allah, Allah Ta'ala gives a person yakin. Allah Ta'ala gives a person yakin. Because when they're alone, they get a chance to reflect. When they're alone, they get sometimes inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa So example of this, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he was a slave, and his master was Umayyah, and then Sayyidina Bilal accepted Islam, and when Umayyah had gone somewhere, Sayyidina Bilal, he started praying, thinking his master had gone, and for some reason the master came back, and he saw him, then he asked him point blank, that have you accepted this deen? And now because it was revealed, he said, yes, I've accepted this deen. So then he started torturing him. He started torturing him and he dragged him out into the hot sand. And he used to put hot iron rods on him. And he used to place boulder on him. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq used to pass by him and they were not able to do anything. 
And then one day Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq Radu went up to him and told him, and what is it? What happens? And he said, that he tells me to renounce. He tells me to accept Lat and Uzzat and all these false gods. And what do I do? Allah Akbar. I keep saying, Ahad, Ahad, Ahad. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr As-Siddiq, when he told him, that okay, Bilal, next time he does it, just be silent. Don't adopt the kufr, but don't talk back, because he was worried for his friend that he'll torture you to death. Right? He will torture you to death. So he told him, be silent. Now just imagine Bilal, rather lying in the sand. Days of torture have taken place. Abu Bakr walks by, can't help him, can't rescue him, gives him this advice. Umayyah comes back, starts torturing again, starts putting the boulders again, says, accept Lot, accept Uzad. He remembers the advice of his friend, Abu Bakr, that don't talk back, but he can't hold back. He can't resist. He's in a level of yaqeen. He's reached yaqeen at this moment while being alone. He has to say, and he does say, Ahad, Ahad, Ahad. And then Sayyidina Bilal, and he, he himself narrated this incident, that then finally the torture continued so much that I became unconscious. I lost consciousness. And when I woke up, I saw the face of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, and I was untying my bonds. And they told us that we have bought your freedom from Omega. Hmm? This is what you get when you hold on steadfast, when you're alone. And you hold on to Allah subhanahu you have yaqeen. Hmm? Just think he held on when he was alone. And then Allah ta'ala gave him the best of company. Hmm? The greatest of the anbiya and the greatest of the sahaba. He woke up from a consciousness to see that. Hmm? So you get yaqeen, yaqeen when a person's alone. Not depressed, not lonely. No, no, no. You get yaqeen when a person's alone. You get connection with Allah subhanahu when a person is alone. Hmm? anha. In a valley which had no vegetation whatsoever, barren land, barren. Actually, he goes away, gone, right? Now, pretty soon thereafter, probably she needs water. She needs water, and the baby's crying. She needs water, and the baby's crying. What does she do? At first she climbs Safa. Okay, the first time she climbs, I understand. She's looking around that area. Doesn't see anything. Okay, she sees another hill. She goes down, she climbs Marwa. She climbs Marwa, she looks around, doesn't see anything. Now it's pretty much done, right? In the desert, you can see quite clearly. If she's climbed Safa, climbed Marwa, Akal, there's no real reason to repeat this, right? But she has nothing else she can do. She has nothing else she can do. So she goes back, and then she goes back. And then he goes back, and then he goes back. I mean, the first time she went, it was for asbab. The first time she went looking for water. And then after that, she just went that same huzun, that same worry, that same huzun that Sayyidina Maryam Radana had, the same huzun, the Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiqan, the same huzun. It was going back and forth, not searching for water anymore, going back and forth with huzun, with huzun. And she must have been making Allah knows best because those du'as haven't been transmitted. What du'as she was making to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times Allah Ta'ala shares in Qur'an the du'as that his unbeyond beloveds make to him. And sometimes there are incidents where Allah Ta'ala doesn't even share those du'as. Allahu Alam, what du'as this woman made? Hmm? And then Allah Akbar, as all of you know, Sayyidina Ismail Islam, he beat his heels on the ground and the water came out in Aramaic or Saraic or whatever language it is. Zamzam means stop, stop. She called out Zamzam, telling the water to stop because she got worried there's so much water coming. My baby may drown in a flood. So much water came. 
in response to her du'as. When did she make those du'as? When she was alone. And why was she alone? Because Allah wanted her to be alone. Allah told her, you're going to be alone, I'm going to take your husband, never your son, elsewhere. I want you to be alone. I want you to be alone. And when she was alone, she remembered Allah. When she was alone, she didn't have husn. Hmm? Allah Akbar. So this is what happens. Why Allah Ta'ala wants us to be alone sometimes. Because, you know, sometimes in our life, sometimes things get so clouded. There's so much noise. There's so much static, as they say. You can't think clearly. You can't perceive clearly. So sometimes it's part of Allah Ta'ala's we call ghaybi nizam al-hidayah. His hidden, unseen mechanism of hidayah that he takes a person and makes him alone so that they can see clearly. They can see without the noise. They can see without the static. When you're alone, you can hear yourself. When you're alone, you can hear your zikr. When you're alone, you can remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another reason is sometimes Allah ta'ala wants to disconnect us from people who can't understand us. Like look at Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. So when he made dawah, first he made dawah on his people, didn't understand him. Made dawah on his father, he didn't understand him. Made dawah on the ruler, king, Nimrud, he didn't understand him. So finally then, after all the effort was exhausted, then Allah Ta'ala told Ibrahim Alayhi okay, you leave. You leave this area and you go to that vadi, that valley of Makkah Mukarma. You leave. Take these, you were with people who were so deeply embedded in shirk, who were so blinded, they cannot understand you. You leave. So he left. Halakin, normally, a soul for a Nabi is you don't leave. A soul normally for a Nabi is you don't stop. But obviously, Allah Ta'ala tells you, so then obviously, so Nabi Ibrahim, he left. He left. Now where does he go? He goes to Makkah Makarma. Allah says, okay, you build this Kaaba. When you build Kaaba, you couldn't. That community of Nimrud and those people and unfortunately your father and friends and companions, it's not going to happen for them. But I will take another word from you. Allah Akbar. So he went to be alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala accepted him to erect the Kaaba and then inspired him to make dua that Allah Ta'ala send Khatam al-Nabiyyin, Sayyid al-Awwaleen wal-Akhireen, Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it's his duas that are part, you know, the way Allah Ta'ala wishes that to be is that the unfolding of the coming of Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in part due to the dua of Nabi Ibrahim when he was alone for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And for Nabi to be alone and not be able to dawah, for Nabi Dawah is their life. For Nabi Dawah is their pulse. For Nabi Dawah is their blood. And to take the Nabi out of that Dawah. And so you just make Kaaba and you make Dawah. And then all of you know. And you say the rest is history. Hmm? Allah Akbar. And Allah Ta'ala made Nabi Muhammad Jaddul Anbiya. So many Anbiya came from his descendants. So many Anbiya came from his descendants. Same thing happened with Ashab Kahf. They couldn't be understood by that society. And the interesting thing is, you know, when I was thinking about this story, why didn't they just move to some other place on earth? You know, like make a hijra, migrate to some other land where they could, you know, practice deen. So Allah, apparently, maybe there was no, the fitna was so wide, there was no other land that they knew of. Can you imagine that? That you're homeless and refugee and migrant, and there is no place on earth, means no society, no settled place, where you think you can live and peacefully practice your deen. So there's no place for you to migrate to. So what do they do? They go climb up a mountain and enter a cave. Enter a cave. Again, being alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala mentions them in Quran as a source of hidayah for us. 
Sometimes you have to make, and not in the literal sense that you go in a cave, sometimes you have to be alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another example, where Allah ta'ala makes us alone. Why? Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us alone to humble us. Humble us. Because sometimes a person gets too attached, too dependent, too close, too connected on their resources around them. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala strips a person from that. It doesn't mean nobody is, it's not that Allah Ta'ala is trying to make a person ghani, mustaghni. This is Allah Ta'ala's sole domain to be al It means only Allah Subhanahu is independent of need. We are always needy. We are always needy, dependent of good people, good companionship, friends, family. No doubt about that. We are muhtaj. We are weak and needy. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala plucks a person and makes them alone. Say, maybe you are overly dependent. Maybe you are overly reliant. Maybe you are overly reliant on your achievements and your accomplishments. You achieved a certain status in dunya. You achieved a certain fame. You achieved a certain work of deen. You had certain friends. You became overly reliant on this. Allah Ta'ala plucks a person from that. Why are you depending on that, that we are supposed to depend on me? Why are you having tawakkal on that, that we are supposed to have tawakkal on me? Allah plucks a person and makes him alone. Plucks a person and makes him alone. Allah and again, either they accept that, they do tafwees to sleep, they come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or they go into denial, they go into rejection, and they become sad. Example of this from Sahabai Kram, Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik, famous incident, long, beautiful hadith of Nabiya Kareem, of Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik, narrates his own story, right? And many of you will be familiar with that. Very briefly, there was a ghazwa, a battle, in which he, Nabiya Kareem, Sassam, led the people from Medina Manorah in that battle. And Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik, I'll just summarize for you, he felt that, you know, it's okay, I'll catch up later. Because I have a very good mount and a very good steed. And I have a couple of, you know, things to tend to, let's say, in my worldly affairs. And he says, he says this about himself, I kept delaying, delaying, and then before I knew it, I got news that Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam and Sahaba Kram are returning. And it is finished, I lost the opportunity. So then I was wondering, wondering, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? And here when Nabiya Kareem Wasallam comes back, he goes and he honestly tells the Prophet I won't give any excuses, any pretenses, you know, this, my own arrogance and my own pride and my steed and my ability to catch up to you and my own work and business, basically these are the reasons I didn't go. Okay, Allah Ta'ala sends hukum to the Prophet keep him alone. Keep him alone. How alone? Keep him alone. No one will say salam to him. No one will return his salam. Or you, Nabi Akrim, you will also not say salam to him and you will also not return his salam. Allah Akbar Kabir. Allah Ta'ala wanted to keep him alone. Alone. He comes in Quran, and there were three of them, Sayyidina Kaaba and Malik, and two other Sahaba and they say the earth became so, it became so tight for us to live on earth. And our very existence was difficult to exist like that. Fifty days he spent like that. <coughs> Fifty days. Hmm? But then, that's what Allah taught him. Don't rely and depend on these things. Don't rely and depend on anything. Hmm? And ultimately then, Allah Ta'ala revealed to Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had accepted his tawbah and then all the sahaba they began and Nabi Akrim Sallallahu obviously began to talk to him again. Alone. Alone. You understand? Hmm? Sometimes even for a person's iman sometimes a person has to go alone. Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi Radiyallahu Anhu. What is his story? 
He left his family, he left his parents, he left his culture, he left his civilization, and he traveled alone. First he ended up with one Christian priest, turned out to be corrupt, but he, then he went to a second Christian priest, then he went to a third one, there were three, four of them. Finally, which whoever was the last one told him, okay, there's not going to be anybody after me, you were lucky enough that it seems you were going to live in the time of Khatam and Nabi the last and final messenger, and he gave some alamat, some signs. So what is Sayyidina Khalil? He went alone. And we traveled alone. He was enslaved by slave caravan. Free man, young man who was from like Persian royalty almost, you can say. From a very high breed family in Persia. And a highly accomplished like Christian religious scholar. And he was enslaved just like an animal. Alone. Dragged alone to Medina Manawra. Living alone in Medina Manawra. But obviously then you know, he found and Allah Ta'ala sent him to the right place. And he accepted Imams. Now, you know, when I think about these refugees, right, this is Sayyidina Samadha Farsi, really was like a refugee. And at that time, though, he did know Arabic, he's pure, he's a Persian, right? And Allah, he must have learned Latin or Greek, or Allah, Allah, what he learned while spending time with the Christians, but then he must have had to learn Arabic. It's a totally different culture. Persia is totally different, and desert Arabia is totally different. All alone, all alone, all alone. But then all of you know, Alhamdulillah, he accepted Imam. Now look again what I told you. When you're alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives you the best of company. So what happened once the Sahaba Ikram were engaged in like a little game competition, you can say. So the Mahajir room, they said, we want Salman on our side. Ni Salmanu Minna. Oh, the Ansar, they said, we want Salman on our side. Salmanu Minna. And Nabi Kareem, he overheard this. He said, Salman Minni huwa min ahlul bayt. The Salman is mine. Hmm? Allah Akbar, Salman is mine. Why? He gave up his family, culture, everything. So many decades he was alone for the sake of this Iman. Now he's mine. He's from Ahli Bayt. Also makes us realize that Ahli Bayt isn't just the Nasal and Nasib. It's not just the lineage and genealogy based on blood. Ahli Bayt is something else. Ahli Bayt is something else. Nabi Yusuf alone. The first story is when he goes in the jail, there are two companions, but then one gets freed and one gets punishment of death. And, but he stays back alone in the jail. And Allah, how many years a Nabi, Nabi Yusuf was alone in jail, alone. It's alone. I mean, all of you know, how is his time alone? He was al-khalwatillah, al-khalwatillah. He was spending his time alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu on the worship of Allah Ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Asiya, ridul anha, wife. Mm. Of Fir'aun, Imrat of Fir'aun. Right? And then when she's being tortured and tortured and tortured, she felt alone. She felt alone. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, That Allah Ta'ala coins the example for That the woman of Fir'aun, Imrat of Fir'aun, Imi, uh, Asya, with the wife of Fir'aun, Id kalat Rabbi ibni li indaka baytan fil jannah. That Allah Ta'ala, I'm, what, she had this yakin when she was alone. First thing she said, because the second thing is coming, but first thing she said, Allah Ta'ala, give me a home near you in Jannah. Second, she mentions the torture, وَنَجِّنِي مِنْ فِرْعَوْنَ وَأَمَلِهِ And save me from Fir'aun and his tortuous acts. وَنَجِّنِي مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ And rescue me from this community of unjust oppressors. Alone. Alone in tough times. That's another basic example here. 
being alone in tough times, but remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then another example from the women, Umul Mu'mineen Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. When she was accused with the most horrendous, unlawful, unjust accusation. So what did she do? There's not walking. If What did she do? She chose to be alone. She went into seclusion. She did not present her defense to Sayyidina Rasulullah even. She did not present any defense to her father, Sayyidina Abu Bakr She went into halwa. She went alone. She was silent. She went alone and she was silent. And all of you know how gloriously and wonderfully Allah Taala declared her chastity and purity and innocence. And you know when she came out, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and her father, he told her that, okay, you should go thank Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she said, Allah Akbar. She said, why should I thank him? It's Allah subhanahu who declared my innocence. Allah Akbar. What happened? Obviously she loved the Prophet but she reached this yaqeen when she was alone. So as soon as she came out, she said a sentence like that. Because when you're alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu a person gets a particular type of yaqeen. A particular type of yaqeen. So Allah Ta'ala mentions this in Quran. This yaqeen that I'm talking about. وَإِنْ يَمْسَسْكَ اللَّهُ بِذُرٍ فَلَا كَاشِفَ لَهُ إِلَّهُ If Allah SWT afflicts you with any harm, with any adversity, with any test, with any trial, there is no one who can remove it from you إِلَّهُ يعني إِلَّهُ Except for Him. Only He can remove it for you. وَإِنْ يُرِدْكَ بِخَيْرٍ فَلَا لَالَّ لِفَضْلِهِ And if Allah SWT grants some khair and wishes and as Irada wishes some khair from you, then there is no one who can turn back his puzzle and karam. No one. Alright? You see, Mubihi man yasha'u min ibadihi wa rahim He delivers it and makes it reach whomsoever he wants. And he is uh, from his servants and slaves. And Allah Ta'ala is all forgiving, all merciful. Alright? So when we're alone, when we're alone, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you find you're alone, yourself alone in any adversity and difficulty, remember Allah Ta'ala and make yourself alone for Him. Now the last thing I will do is mention to you some practical understanding. Here we did the whole concept of being alone. Some practical understanding. Practical understanding. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says in one ayah of Quran, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tulhikum amwalakum wa la awlaadukum an dhikrillah that all you who believe don't let your money and don't let your children distract you from the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever does that, they become from khasirun, they enter loss. Now I'm going to rephrase this to you. All you who believe, don't let your halal, tayyib, lawfully earned homes which you reasonably decorated and take comfort and solace in. Don't let your children who you did do tarbiyah and raised even to be from the salihin, even such amwal and such olad, even the halal and tayyib of this dunya should not distract you from the zikr of Allah subhanahu That's another thing Allah is telling us. What? Allah has put sukoon and rahat. Allah has put in solace and comfort in certain things in this world. And we should try to get and derive sukoon and comfort from them but we should always remember there's a greater sukoon. Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'inul There's a greater happiness. And if we make this our greatest happiness, 
our worldly accomplishment, halal, tayyib, noble, virtuous, all of them, if we make that our greatest happiness, no, then we lose the greatest happiness of the ta'lif with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another way you can understand, hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharib, awabar sabir, kun be in this world as if you're gharib, you're a stranger to it. What does it mean? You have to keep a level of detachment, a level of estrangement. Again, it's not istighna. Allah tells al-mustaghni al-ghani. But a level of detachment. What's that detachment? That's the detachment that my greatest joy, my greatest happiness is my relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Is my nisbat ta'luk, ibadat, zikr, love for Allah Ta'ala. That has to be the greatest thing. Ajeeb. So a slight detachment. A slight detachment. So it's not istighnaat, what we call inkita. You have to be slightly detached from every single thing in the world. And how do you know that? What's the pulse of this detachment? The zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't be distracted from what? An zikrillah. That the sign that you can maintain your remembrance and connection with Allah ta'ala is the sign that you're slightly detached. And instead, if you start enjoying things, and become so happy and lead such a happy-go-lucky life that you actually forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's a sign. You're not a gharib in this world. You are a well-settled citizen of the world. A global citizen. Hmm? First-class citizen. You're well-esconced, happily, happily settled in this world. You're not a gharib. Hmm? Go back to what I said in the beginning. Sobat with the poor. They have this automatically. You understand? Poor have this automatically, they have inkitaw with the dunya. Because Allah Ta'ala Himself severed them from the dunya. Hmm? You keep so this is one of the sifat that come in a person when they have sobat with the poor. They get inkitaw from the dunya. They get inkitaw from the dunya. So who will be able to do amal on this ayah? That's if and when a person is practicing the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way, shape and form just the feeling of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember Allah ta'ala when you're alone and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're in company. So then the last dua for tonight, I told you I would go back to the dua of Taif. The dua that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made in Taif. And these duas of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam show us his feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many times his words can express our feelings better. And sometimes if we don't have these feelings, using his words can help us get his feelings. This is the beautiful thing of Ittibai Sunnah. When you use his words, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you have a chance to get his feelings, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is the greatest gift of the Sunnah Duas. Alright? But then you have to use them for that niyyah. It has to be your desire and wish when you use the words, is you want the feelings. So for that, then you have to understand the dua a little bit. In English, translation, you have to explanation, you have to understand it a little bit. So remember again, this is Nabiya Kareem, so the last thing I'll tell you tonight. He's coming back, and remember I told you he's feeling alone. Alone in the sense, because why? Because every Nabi needs an ummah. alaykum. He's thirsty for his ummah. He's more than he's, he's deeply desirous for his ummah. And he doesn't have an ummah. He has some sahaba, no doubt. There were some sahaba who accepted iman or makkah But he needs his ummah. He's thirsty. He needs people to respond to his dawah. 
doesn't need dais like that. Any alam needs students, any sheikh needs students, any dai needs students. People who listen to him. It's their, it's their water, it's their life, it's their pulse. So in that sense, when does a Nabi really feel alone? Is when the Nabi feels, I'm not getting that ummah. That's what his feeling was and his walking his way back from Taif. So he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this sense of feeling alone. Allahumma ilayka ashku dhu'fa kuwati wa killati hilati wa hawani ala nas. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I present, and I wouldn't say complain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I present to you. I present to you, and you only the absolute weakness of my ability. The absolute weakness of my ability. And my complete helplessness, my complete lack of resources, my complete helplessness. And that I have become lowered before the people. My loneliness before people. Allah, that was his feeling. Now, that's obviously not his reality. We know that. He's Rahmatullah Alameen. He's Imam Al-Awwaleen Wal-Akhireen. But that's how he was feeling. That's his huzun. That's his huzun. That was his worry. And that was his feeling that he's presenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then he says, Ya Alhamar Rahimeen, Anta Rabbul Mustazafeen, Wa Anta Rabbi. That, O oh, most merciful of the merciful ones, you are the rub of the weakest of the weak ones, wa anta rabbi, and you are my rub. You are my rub. It means he's viewing himself, Allah Akbar, you know, we should be making this dua. Many times when you feel, you're like, you feel, why did the Prophet make, I should be making these duas. How could he make this dua? And how could it be that he made this dua and I don't make this dua? Hmm? But that was his feeling. I'm the weakest of the, you are the rub of the weakest of the weak ones, and you are my rub. So what does it mean? It means I'm one of the, I'm one of those weakest ones. Ila man takilni, ila ba'idin, yatajahamuni, am ila aduwin, malaktahu amri, that Allah ta'ala, who have you made the wakil, to whom have you entrusted my matter and affair? To whom have you entrusted the entirety of my matter and affair? Obviously Allah, Nabi Yusuf wants it to be, the answer to be Allah Ta'ala. But he's asking, but who have you entrusted the entirety of my matter? To somebody who's such a stranger to me, a far away, unknown, distant personality, as opposed to fa'inni kareeb, means as opposed to you, to some far off, removed person, hmm? who deals with me with hostility and adversity, or have you passed me off to some enemy, that you have made him the malik, you have made him the master and controller of my amri, of my matter and affair. And then he says, In lam yakum bika alayya ghadabun. That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I care not, as long as you are not angry with me. I don't mind. You can pass me off to the enemies of Taif, the enemies of Makkah I don't mind any of it, as long as you are not angry with me. All right? إِن لَمْ يَكُمْ بِكَ عَلَيَّ غَدَبٌ فَلَا أُبَالِي وَلَكِنْ آفِيَتُكَ هِيَا أَوْ سَأُلِي But were you to send your off, your pardon, your soft, gentle, tender, forgiving affection on me, أَوْ سَأُلِي That would be more broadly encompassing, more wasi for me. More wasi for me. أَعُوذُ بِنُورِ وَجْهِكَ الَّذِي أَشْرَكَتْ لَهُ الظُّلُمَاتِ 
I seek refuge in the nur of the radiant expression of your pleasure. That when you express your pleasure, the radiant nur of that can illuminate any and every darkness and sorrow. It's just let me feel that you are razi with me. It will extinguish the sadness, the darkness of the sadness that I feel in this current state of mind. Just let me feel that you are happy with me. Just let me feel you are happy with me. And the radiant expression of your pleasure can rectify and correct any and every matter in this world and in the akhirah. And I seek refuge in you that you ever, ever send down your anger upon me. Or you ever make halal and you ever deem it permissible to send your wrath upon me. But to you, Allah Ta'ala, belongs the right to keep reproaching me, keep reprimanding me, keep putting me in a difficult position, hatta tarda, until you become pleased with me. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa bik, illa bika, and I have no, there is no might or power except for you. I have no ability to do good and no ability to stay away from bad entirely except for you. So this is a dua to practice then when you're alone. This is a dua to practice when you're alone. This is a way to use your time when you're alone to remember Allah subhanahu wa to connect to Allah subhanahu wa And if we can fix ourselves when we're alone, we say in Urdu, ki achi sobat se fayda lene ke liye achi tanhai rakhna chahiye. If you want to benefit from good company, you have to be good when you're alone. And if you're not good when you're alone, you won't be able to benefit as much. You won't be able to benefit well from the good company. Yes, taking the good company will help you be better when you're alone. But being better when you're alone will help you benefit more from the good company. And that's really basically life. Good solitude and good company. Be virtuous in your solitude and seek virtuous in company, be virtuous in your solitude, be virtuous with others in your company. If we can just learn these two things, then inshallah we'll get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the happiness and joy of deen. We can get falah and foes, success and triumph on deen. May Allah ta'ala accept this from us. May He guide us when we are alone. May He remind us of Himself when we are alone. May He give us tawfiq to use that time when we are alone to get that yaqeen, that kuwa, that tawakkul, all of the things that these great anbiya, alayhim as-salam ajma'een, sahaba, radiyallahu ta'ala, anwajma'een, and these different awliya got when they were alone. وَآخِرِ الْدَعْوَانَا عَنَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ لَنْبِ الْآمِينَ Before we make dua, we make short, silent zikr of the heart, a zikr that you can all practice when you're alone. This is a niyat that you try to adapt khalwa with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we close our eyes, close our mind, go deep into our spiritual heart, Make near that our qalb is making zikr of Allah subhanahu wa name. That we are alone with our heart and our heart is alone with Allah. And our heart is alone and focusing on His name. And that our spiritual heart is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله
Forgive us for all the sins that we did when we were alone. Forgive us for all the times we forgot you when we were alone. Forgive us for all the times we were alone with our nafs, alone with dunya, alone with makhluk, alone with mahram. Forgive us, Ya Rabb. Make us strong, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us true, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Grant us tawfiq, Ya Allah. Grant us fazl, Ya Allah. From your fazl and anayat, from your karam and rahmah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us remember you when we are alone. Let us be strong when we are alone. Make us ever and always alone for your sake. Take away every loneliness, Ya Allah. Take away every huzn, Ya Allah. Take away every sorrow and sadness, Ya Allah. We too want to feel your ma'iyya. We too want to feel your companionship. We too want to feel your qurb, your nearness, your proximity. Remind us, Ya Allah. Help us, Ya Allah. Guide us when we fail. Remind us when we forget. Help us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Whenever you keep us alone, let us never go in denial. Let us never go in depression. Let us accept it, Ya Rabb. Let us use it, Ya Rabb, to be near to you, draw closer to you, to worship you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, give us time on the Musalla. Stand us on the Musalla. Accept us for sajda. Ya Allah, put our eyes on Quran. Let our tongues flow with Quran. Ya Rabbi Kareem, the same way Nabi Kareem sallam, felt alone when he came back from Taif. Ya Rabbi Kareem, there are moments in our lives that we too felt alone. We had no one but you. We were searching for you. We were seeking you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, have your mercy on us. Be pleased with us, Ya Allah. Be razi, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, razi huja. Apni raza ki ilan farma. Apni raza ki alamat nasib farma. Apni raza ki nur nazil farma. Ya Rabbi Kareem, humare dil ko sukoon hata farma Dili rahat nasib farma Humare dil tiras rahe Aapki raza hume mil jaye Hum razi ho jayenge Mutmain ho jayenge Sukoon mil jayega Ya Rabbi Kareem, be sukooni ki zindagi se nakal kar Deen ka sukoon nasib farma Be chaini se nakal kar Ibadat ki rahat nasib farma Ibadat ki lazat nasib farma Zikr ka itminan nasib farma Ya Rabbi Kareem, gharibon ki khidmat ke liye kubul farma غریبوں کی صحبت کے لئے قبول فرما غریبوں کی زیارت کے لئے قبول فرما اس ملک میں یا رب آپ کے امت نبی کریم صلی اللہ کے امت کے جو مہاجر لوگ آئے ہیں یا ربی کریم ان کی ددار کا شرف ہمیں عطا فرما ان کی کوئی خدمت نصیت ہم سے قبول فرما یا ربی کریم اچھی صحبت نصیب فرما اچھی تنہائی نصیب فرما یا ربی کریم کبھی بھی بڑی تنہائی میں واپس نہ پھیکنا کبھی بھی بڑی صحبت میں ہمیں حوالہ نہ کرنا اپنی حفاظت نصیب فرما اپنے کرم فضل سے یا رب ہمیں اپنے حفاظت میں نصیب فرما یا ربی کریم make us strong on deen steadfast on deen firm on our deen protect us from every bad company protect us from the bad thoughts when we're alone protect us from the whisperings of the nafs when we're alone ya Allah never leave us alone with our nafs never leave us alone with lust never leave us alone in anger never leave us alone in a fit ya ربی کریم be soft on us merciful on us afu on us 
کریم الناس غفور الناس رحمان الناس send your mercy ya rab guide us ya rab let us follow the path of the anbiya let us follow the path of sahaba let us follow the path of the sunnah let us follow the path of the sharia let us begin grant us a life of taqwa a life of haya a life of sunnah a life of zikr ya rab begin all the times in our life when we betrayed you we were disloyal to you we betrayed the sharia we left the sunnah forgive us ya allah help us ya allah guide us ya allah make us true ya allah we are untrue ya rab make us true on deen make us from the mukhlisin mu'minin salihin mu'minin muttaqin mu'minin zakirin mu'minin ya rabbi kareem i ask that you remove from the nur of the pleasure of your the radiance of your pleasure every darkness in our heart every sin in our heart every sorrow in our heart ya rabbi kareem grant us the nur of taqwa the nur of hidayah the nur of sunnah the nur of zikr accept us from the dawat of deen khidmat of deen khidmat of your ummah ya rabbi kareem ya rabbi ask that you accept the hearts of all of those present all of those who are listening accept their pious wishes ya rabbi kareem they came here hoping to come near to you hoping to become dear to you ya rabbi kareem make us nearest to you make us dearest to you make us beloved to you make us loyal to you ya rabbi kareem rescue us from all our disloyalty rescue us from every unlawful love every unlawful lust every unlawful romance every unlawful glance every unlawful thought every unlawful addiction rescue us ya rab najat ata farma najat ata farma apni rehmat se ya rab apna karam fazl se ya rab hum sab ko ya rab apni hifazat naseeb farma iman par khatma naseeb farma hame bhi ya rab qiamat ke din nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam ke didar naseeb farma unke haath hoze kusr ke jam ka pani hame pila apna ya rab didar ata farma jannat mein ya rab jagah naseeb farma ya rab bikrim jahannam se bacha jahannam ki aag se bacha jahannam ki ek shole se bacha jahannam ki ek lamha se bacha hum jahannam hai amal kar rahe hain jannat aap se mang rahe hain aap hamara haal par tars farma mehrbani farma rehmat farma hamara saathiyon ko qubool farma ya rab bikrim hum sab ko ahle jannat mein se bana jannat ul firdaus ata farma nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam ko padhos ata farma is duniya mein bhi ya rab haqeeqi sadiqin ki sohbat naseeb farma mashaiq ulama haq ki sohbat naseeb farma seedha saada sachcha mu'minin ki sohbat naseeb farma har buri sohbat se mehfooz farma bure khayalat se mehfooz farma bure shabat se mehfooz farma apni rehmat karam fazl se ya rab hamari duaon ko qubool farma rabbana taqabbal minna innaka antas sami'ul alim wa tub alayna innaka antat tawwabur rahim وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين امين